There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It says right here, God, where was I going to find this? I got to find this now because I got, I want to read it the way she wrote it out because she writes out my commercials for me. You know, she finds the, uh, the all the stuff she needs to do, and then she writes them out for me. Where the hell was that thing? It's in here somewhere. She used the wrong word in the sentence, and now I can't find it. How lame is that that I can't even find it? It's a 60-second th- commercial. How the hell can you not find this? Have you guys noticed uh, when reading books that there are more misspellings and grammatical oh, yeah. errors than there ever have been? Yep. It feels like it is. It is everybody from the top to the bottom just not uh, into their jobs anymore? I would have to say yes, as a matter of fact. It's yeah. like, Jesus, get off your ass and do your and, job, for Christ's sake. I mean, I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not being a hypocrite here. I know that I am awful. The biggest problem is not actually going in and making the mistake. It's not going back and double-checking your work. Yeah. yeah. And that is something that, man, I wish that if I could instill that into my daughter, go back and double-check everything. Because there's so many times I send stuff off, and then immediately upon looking at it, I'm like, there's like six misspellings in this email. Like, why did I send that off? It would have taken two seconds, and now I have to go back and explain, really sorry, I was on, you know, I'm trying to do this and nine other things at the same time. It's like, just take 30 seconds, double check your work, and then send it. How about after it happened, you go, God, you know what? I should have told him I forgot to connect his shoulder straps with his parachute. <laughs> See? <laughs> I forgot. Damn oh, it. Oh, my bad. My bad. Mm-hmm. As you plummet to your death. No, I, Rudy, I'm seeing that more and more and more as time goes by. Nobody checks their work anymore. Nobody. No. It's disgusting, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a guy remodel my bathroom. And it is, every time I turn around, there's something else going on. There's a leak here. There's oh, a tile God. falling off here. There's a, uh, you, you know, and hey, man, like, I get it. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got a bunch of crap going on. But when you drop a bunch of coin on a business yeah. that he started himself, that it's not like they forced him into this business. You, you are an independent contractor. You do this voluntarily. This is the job you've chosen. And now, I've, I mean, it's been like five times I've had to have this guy come back and take a look at some of the work i feel bad but at the same time i'm like you you got to make it right dude no you do you're absolutely you got to go back and correct your well, I, seriously rudy i'm not kidding you every day kath and i talk about this it's this that the other thing somebody didn't follow up and somebody didn't do this right here they got well i was sent something um, as a matter of fact andy called me because he just found it lying in the in the storage room i was sent something um and it went to suite five thousand. 
What? Well, there is no sweet 5,000 in that building, <laughs> no. but other than that, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, they didn't check their work, didn't even bother to find out which, which uh, suite it's supposed to go to. Uh, 5,000? There's not even a 5,000 in the building, so unless they changed the fifth floor to 5,000. They went from 400 to 5,000. What do you think? It's a power move by everybody on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. that's where you said this show originally, uh, when, when it was in that building, it originally was on the fifth floor, and it was really nice, kind of this overlook of the courtyard and all that stuff. And then, I don't know what the hell happened, but they shut her down and kind of, I think they just redid the entire fifth floor, I think. Um. But, um, yeah, just check your work. So all you got to do, just check your work and make sure you did it right. And then you get to go home and relax because you know you did your job right. Or do you not care about that? That's the problem. Well, there's a lot of people who just drive home and feel completely okay with the shoddy work that they've done for the day. Yeah, I suppose. I get it, you guys. You're coming at me. I understand. I told you to turn her mic off, but you didn't hear me. Yeah, no. Minnesota food shelves seek boost in donations as demand for help rises to record levels across the state. Food shelves are rallying for donated food and cash this month to help meet uh, help them meet demand from a growing number of Minnesotans in need. Why are there a growing number of Minnesotans in need? Does anyone know? I haven't gotten that far in the story yet. No, I don't know. I mean, Minnesota's always been very proud of the fact that it, it takes care of their people. It always has. Are there just so many people now you can't possibly take care of? Well, there are five and a half million people now in Minnesota. That seems about right. Yeah, I think it's about three yeah. million in the metro, and then outline is about two and a half million. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the phone lines constantly ring at the ICA food shelf in Minnetonka as a growing number of Twin Cities residents seek help. But for ICA and other food shelves across Minnesota, the need is only expected to climb. But why? Why is the need climbing? Why don't we look at that? I mean, it's great what these food shelf people do, and Catherine and I do donate all the time to that because Catherine loves that kind of stuff, and I do too, don't get me wrong. But why is it climbing? Minnesota Minnesota's a very expensive state to live in. Do, 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 do you think people, Minnesotans, realize how expensive it is to live in Minnesota? No, I didn't. I, I mean, would you say it's more expensive than most places in the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? You know, thinking of, they haven't done it yet, and hopefully they don't do it. They're thinking of raising the top rate for individuals, the uh, top tax rate, to like 13%. They haven't done it, thank God. What is it now, like 9, 7, something like that? Like what, what, or is it 10 now? I don't even know what the top ta- like tax rate, like that, I'm... I've no, yeah. I'm not plugged into what that even is, like what it's income you have to make mm-hmm. to hit that. It's a lot of do-re-mi, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, Minnesota's very, well... As a matter of fact, a friend of mine just purchased something, um, and he lives down. In, he lives over in uh, Marco, like kind of over that Marco Island side of Florida, uh-huh. you know, the, the west coast of Florida. Yeah. And he was going to buy a vehicle, and he checked it in Minnesota, and he checked it in uh, in Florida, and the exact same car was like thousands of dollars cheaper because of this tax and that tax and the license plate thing and mm-hmm. the this and that. There are all these taxes in Minnesota now that just keep piling up, and that's why I was saying so. Everything's so incredibly expensive in Minnesota. You know, I love Minnesota, born and raised there. You know the the. Uh, Passive aggressiveness, I'm not real wild about because if you want to be aggressive, be aggressive. You want to be passive, be passive, but don't combine the two because you're a pain in the ass if you do that. Right? Yeah, I hear that. I'm not a big on that. Do you like guys like that? Well, you obviously don't like that passive aggressive thing because it's annoying as hell. No, and it just takes longer because you still have to do yes. the confrontation. It's just like an extra dance step. There you have it. 
We know the next wave is coming, said Dan Nahr, ICA's executive director. We're expecting, to be, uh, uh, we're expecting it to be a cliff, basically. The Twin Cities Salvation Army hopes to collect 2 million pounds of food this month to refill its nine food shelves at Greater uh, Twin Cities United Way. Volunteers are packing, uh, packaging basmati rice, bamboo shoots, and other cultural foods for its third annual Flavors of Our Community Food Drive. Uh, and across his, you know what's funny about that? Do I have to now, when I go into my favorite places, do I have to ask for uh, a cultural food? Listen, I was thinking of having some spaghetti. I'd like some cultural food. Is it all cultural now? I don't think I've heard that one yet, but I'll start dropping either. it on everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Every time I just go in, I'm like, I get some mac and cheese. Oh, I'm sorry, cultural food. Cultural food. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, that is a very Minnesota food, too. Macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. That's as cultural as it gets in Minnesota. So, yeah, across the state, nearly 300 food shelves are fundraising and collecting food during Greater Minneapolis Council of Churches. Minnesota Food Share Campaign held each March to combat the lull in generosity that typically follows the holidays. I don't think it's a lull in generosity. I think it's a lull in funds. That's what I think it is. Mm. People would like to be generous, but they don't have any money left after the holidays. Yeah. Oh, you ain't kidding. Yeah, it's not a lull in generosity. They just don't really have the money, and that's just a fact. The need has just grown exponentially, said Megan Young-Black, GMCC Operations Director. This is a time of year when donations slow down. It's just a way to inject some energy into those efforts again. Food shelf leaders say the higher cost of living and the end of the pandemic aid program, from stimulus checks to eviction moratoriums, have forced more people to turn to food shelves. But I still don't see why. Why are more people turning to food shelves? Do that many people live in, in uh, in those conditions? I know some do, but I didn't know it was that many. And why wouldn't you address this individually if that is the case? Let's see. The only thing I can think about is inflation feels like it's gone up quite yeah, a bit true. and hasn't matched what you're receiving. Like, I mean, my grocery bills has gone up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, well, you, can you go to the, the the checkout and pay less than $100 no. of the food store? Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. Oh, never. No, not at all. My dad, when he would get EBT cards and uh, food stamps, he used to sell them for 50 cents on the dollar to people. Oh, sure. And I remember him telling me one time, this was only maybe about seven, eight years ago. He said, well, they give me $200 a month for the grocery store. I can't eat no $200 worth of (laughs) of food a month. I was like, dude, that is an afternoon at Target. Yeah, that is no way. I mean, he. I mean, he also drank, you, you know, twelve hundred dollars worth of booze every week, but yeah. he couldn't eat two hundred dollars worth of food in a month. Yeah, its calories were elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> Look, booze is a different argument. That's totally out off the table here. Yeah. Yeah, though. Yeah, people can buy booze. They can always have enough money to buy booze. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is, right? Uh, so in any case, we just uh, move forward. Well, hopefully, uh, everybody will step up and help out and all the rest of it. I think the problem that you you have with a lot of people, and again, I don't really have this view of things, but uh, I don't look as closely into it as a lot of people, but a lot of people are, are getting very tired of other people just not working. There's nothing wrong that could work. They just don't want to work. Yeah. You know, and that's not most of the people with food shelves. That's no, not what I'm saying no. at all. But there are some. Yeah, I, I think I think we're dealing with the problem of, um, and I, you're right, Tom. Like it's infuriating if you find out there's no working. But I think a big problem too is like, it's just the jobs. If you're working full time at a job and you still can't afford your rent, it's mm-hmm. what do you do? Like, wow. 
what kind of jobs are there available for people who want to work and what kind of pay is that and where are we at with all that because it doesn't seem to be matching up i mean right i get people you know we have we talk about this all the time businesses that fail because we're not putting money into it and it's like well i don't have right now money to buy local always Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't get to go to these you you know cute shops and do all these things um I just think we're in a really odd time for if you're in your 20s, I feel bad for you at this time because you're not mm-hmm. entering the work field at an exciting time. No. The, well, the one nice thing I've noticed about it is that the people that don't want to work, there's a lot of them that also don't take from the government. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot. It, they've really become okay with fact that they watch their parents and maybe older siblings go out and bust their ass and not be able to make ends meet. And then they went, well, if I'm not going to be able to make ends meet anyways, I might as well just enjoy my life and just go live in a van and post about it on Instagram. If I'm not going to have any money anyways, try to keep my expenses low. That's why when I see these places on Amazon that sell the, you know, like uh, the Connect Four houses or whatever they call it, the the building block, Lincoln Lot houses, where you can buy them for like 15 grand. You just go out and get a little plot of land somewhere, and uh, you build one of these houses. Now you have no mortgage. It seems like a pretty good life. Like when my daughter decides to go on to wherever it is after high school, I am actively looking for this, buying just a small little plot of land north of the cities and just putting one of those tiny houses on it and living my days out in the woods. But I have a question for you. Like when I'm out of town and I have to stay out of town for a couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever, so I don't see my kids and I don't see my grandkids and all the rest of it, my days aren't as busy. I get bored as hell just sitting around the house. I I don't know how they do it, man. People just, that just sit around their house every day. I could never do. I would. I would go insane, literally. I think there was a lot of people that agreed with you, and then the pandemic made us stop, made us not yeah, go out, yep, and then they're like, yep. "Is this as bad?" If like a lot of the things we're doing are are kind of like fake busy, like is it that bad to be still? And I think that kind of opened our brains to a level of depression we've just leaned into. Yeah. 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 Well, it may, may be true. Look, I, I just, I literally cannot sit around the house all day. I, I would have to go for a walk or I'd have to do some damn thing. I cannot just sit around all day. It would drive me insane. Yeah. The hardest part about not being busy is that when you're not busy, then you have to deal with yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And well, there you I'm go. not a fan of that. Yep. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> Same. I have to I be know. with me. It's not fair. Why do I have to be with me? No, right. I, know. I hate that old saying, no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I know. I want to try to get as far away from me as possible, though. You know, every time you guys talk about uh, you know the, the price of food and this and that and all the rest of it going up, I think of that movie. Do you remember the movie? I think it was called The In-Laws with Peter Falk. Uh, was in it. Uh, um, a lot of really, really good people in it. If you've never seen this movie, I think it's called The In-Laws, but, but I'm not sure. It came out a long time ago. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And in that, somebody brings up to Peter Falk that the cost of food is going way, way up. And yet again, it's like, oh my God, they raised the price on on all the food. And what are we going to do? The food's too expensive. And they're talking about food. And Peter Falk apparently wasn't focused on the food part because he said... Yeah, what's it going to be like when a six-pack of Budweiser is $1,200? He goes right to the booze. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you, I think, it, is it called the in-laws? I think it is. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Alan Arkin, Peter Falk. Yes. Uh, let's see. Ooh, James Hong was in it. He's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. So 1979 is when it came out. Okay. You, you guys have never seen the in-laws? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You have to watch that movie. I, I know it's a thousand years old at this point, but those two, Alan Arkin and Peter Falk, Peter Falk's one of my favorite actors of all time anyway. That movie is very, very funny. As a matter of fact, they go down to Central America, and I can't even remember why they're going down there. It's not important, but they go down there and they meet with a dictator who's played by the guy. He was in, uh, oh, his name is Victor Cruz or something like that. I can't remember his name, but I think it's like Victor Cruz, something like that. But he plays the dictator in Central America, and the flag is him with his arm around a woman wearing no top, so she's <laughs> naked from the waist up. That's on the flag of the country. Oh, God. And Peter Falk trying to make up for it. He goes, oh, it's very nice. You got a, a picture of you and your lovely wife. And he goes, that's not my wife. That's a prostitute from the village. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great. Give it a whirl. If you have not seen The In-Laws, watch it. I think you will love it. It's going to be dated in some areas, no question. But I think you will absolutely love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Very huge amount of talent used in that uh, in that movie. So give it a whirl. The in-laws, Peter Falk, that's all you need to know, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, Tom guarantees you're going to love it. Ed Begley Jr. was in this as well. He must have been a oh, zygote when this came out. He was phenomenal in it. And I'm telling you, honestly, I did. Well, he's always good, too. We used to have him on the show all the time. Great interview. Great interview. He seems like right? the type of guy that everybody just loves. Yep. You know? I think it's true. Yeah, he's really like into the environment, and it's not a real pushy type of environment type of guy. He's just a guy who just enjoys his uh, hydro bike and likes to just live off the solar energy that his house yeah. produces. And that's yep. it. He just minds his own business. Well, he loves that, talking about that. That's why he used to come on, as a matter of fact. The fact that he, he supplied his own electricity to run his toaster and things like that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty yeah. damn cool. He gets actually. on like a Peloton and he runs the whole yeah. kitchen. Yeah, That's exactly right. I just I think it's a very, very Ed Begley Jr. Terrific. Now, what movie is that in when he thought he was invisible, but he wasn't? Ooh, good question. Let me see. Oh, Brittany's on it right now. Um, he thought that he was. He thought he was invisible, so he took all his clothes off, and he's running around a bar thinking he's invisible, but he's not. Totally naked. Mm. <laughs> Son of the Invisible Man. Is that it? Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But he was very funny in that movie. Very, very funny actor. I'm looking at an image right now. There's a Target cart. You know those red Target carts, right? Uh-huh. Shopping carts. Yeah. Is sitting on top about a 25 foot mound of snow. Oh, oh yeah! This is everywhere on the internet <laughs> yes. right now. This is, is in, it really? Yeah. So this is in the Eden Prairie uh, Target parking lot, <laughs> and there's this giant. I think they say it's like a 40 foot mound of snow. Oh yeah! Oh and yeah! Everybody now is posting with it. It might be down now, <laughs> but they were like, "This is defining where we are right now in Minnesota." I love this picture. I'm going to take this picture. I, I might get this framed and hang it in my house. See, I mean, yeah. it's. Both depressing and inspiring for some reason. <laughs> the image that captures our long, long winter in Minnesota prank or performance art piece. It's attracted a lot of social media.
media love. If there's one image that captures our long winter, this is it. Perched on top of a giant snow pile. It is about 40 feet. Might even be 50 feet. It's oh, big. Giant uh, snow pile in a mall parking lot. is the lonely Target, uh, red Target shopping cart. Looking out over the frozen landscape. How did it get up there? Was it a prank or a performance art piece? Commenting on our angst over their never-ending snow and ice. Whatever its origins, it caught the eye of Hutchinson resident Judy Coleman when she was killing some time Wednesday at the Eden Prairie Center before a chiropractor appointment. I've seen this huge mound of snow many, many times, Coleman said, but on Wednesday something was different. <laughs> so somebody wheeled it up there, obviously. Right. I don't know what inspired them, but I love it. I think it's, you know, Target probably is not wild about it because it's one of their shopping carts, but it's art. It's art. I will drive that way on my way home and see if it's still there. Oh, yeah, please do. That'd be great. With the shopping cart sitting on top, I had to take the picture. She said, I couldn't believe it. It was so Minnesota. Yeah, that is that is a very Minnesota thing. She's absolutely right about that. If you have not seen it, it's in the Star Tribune this morning. and it'll all, I would imagine it'll be up on the Hubbard website as well, won't it? If it's not already. Yeah, I'll have it in the show notes of today's show. So if you download the episode, you'll be able to find it there. Okay, there's one story. I just saw the headline. You guys put it up. I have no idea what the hell this is about, but this is a bizarre headline. Mountain lion attacks man soaking in a hot tub. <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty bold move for a cat, isn't it, to go into a hot tub? Cougars are known for their aggressiveness. You know what well, I'm saying? I see. They sure are in this case. And finding so, young men in hot tubs. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. So what... Uh, so. You know about you, so you're not surprised that a cougar would jump into a hot tub to attack it. No, I'm super surprised. It looked ta- oh, like, you are? Liter- okay. like, yeah, like it's shocking. I, I only read the headline and I was like, oh my god, Tom has to see this. This is unnerving. It is. No, you're absolutely right. I'm still looking at the commercial now. It hasn't popped up yet. A mountain lion snuck up on a man and his wife Saturday night as they were soaking in a hot tub west of Nathrop, Colorado Parks, and wildlife officials said in a release. The two sat in their vacation rentals tub around 8 p.m. when the man felt something grab his head. <gasps> Jesus! <laughs> your wife looks and there's a cat that's got your head in its jaws and she says nothing. That's nice. He and his wife began screaming and splashing water at the animal. The woman grabbed a flashlight and shined it on the lion, which began to back up a bit, Vogren said. As the couple continued to scream, the lion moved to the top of a nearby hill where it continued to watch the couple. You little prick. <laughs> keep an eye on you. Tom, I love what their reaction is. Splash it to death. Splash yeah, it gonna... to death. <laughs> well, yes, that's a very good point, actually. This water will take care of everything. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, inside the couple cleaned the woman. Oh, the man had. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wounded the guy's noggin. Oh, Jesus. my God. That can't feel good. They called state wildlife officials who arrived and began searching for the lion. The man suffered four scratches on the top of his head and near his right ear. He declined any additional medical assistance, Vogren said. State wildlife officials denied uh, or decided against tracking the lion with dogs because of nearby housing developments and Hot Springs Resort. Instead, they set a trap to try to catch the predator. Uh, Saturday's report marks the first time a lion has attacked a person since February 27th, 2022. Well, just a little over a year. So you get one lion attack a year. Is that it? Yeah, that's pretty cash. I mean, it's pretty minimal. Sure. Uh, it's the 24th reported lion attack on a human since 1990 that resulted in an injury. So, yeah, it's one a year. And he has, like, barely any scratches on his head. He's fine. Yeah. Oh, you can see the picture? Yeah, it's like, it's minimal. 
There's got barely any scratches. <laughs> There's a lot of them up in uh, northern Minnesota now. Oh, mountain lions? Yeah. They've been, they've been moving into the that. area the last few years. My mom had one. She, you know, My mom lives out in the, the country with uh, my stepdad, and my mom takes a walk down the dirt road, and then one day she called me, and she was out of breath, and she's like, you're never going to believe what happened. I was being stalked by a mountain lion. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a mountain lion walking down the side of the ditch while she walked, and my mom saw him or heard him and then turned around and walked with her face at him to, you know, uh, freak it out a little bit. And it just, like... It was down low, like it was kind of hunched down, and it was walking through the ditch. And my mom walked backwards over to the back to the house, Ooh. and then shut the door. And she's like, "All right, well, I guess we're not taking those walks for a little while. <laughs> not getting my steps in today." Nope. Sorry, Fitbit. Um, how big is a mountain lion? Like, what are we talking about? If you have like a um, maybe like a little bit bigger than a full size Labrador. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. They're not massive, but they are very aggressive. Their paws are. They man, they really. They got some. They got some heft to them. Okay, so we're having a hell of a week. We got to take a break here in a second, but we're having a hell of a week. We start the week with an alligator knocking the guy's door, and when the guy <laughs> answered the door, the alligator bit him. Sure. And now we got cougars jumping into uh, hot tubs to go after the people. What's going on, man? <laughs> Don't forget Chris's hard-hitting Nutria story. Oh yes. Oh, that's right, Nutria. I forgot the Nutria. You're ab- Why is it called a nutria? That sounds like an ingredient. It does. Does that have nutria in it? Yes. Yes. And vitamin A and B, too. <laughs> Doesn't that, does that yeah. sound like an ingredient? It's, it's like a stevia, like a sweetener. Yeah. yeah. Stevia, yeah. nutrivia, mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. We do have to take a break. Coming right back, the lovely and talented Chris Hagert will join us right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0... Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Eyewitness News. 
Good morning. Responding. Oh, he is responding to being lovely and talented. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> feedback. Can you guys hear that? You're getting feedback, too. That's oh, why well, I, I checked your mic, but now you're getting feedback as well. Okay, weird. All right. Uh, let yeah. me go ahead and reset on my end, Chris, and we'll bring you right back up. Okay. Huh. Nah, just okay. get rid of them. I've had enough of them. 60 seconds was enough. <laughs> yeah, there must be something going on, because Chris and I checked his mic, so there must be something going on when we bring up all the mics in the studios that it's just, something's yeah, in, something's yeah, up. Punched. So give me two seconds. I'll see if I can correct this. Something is punched in there that's, that does happen. There's no question. Oh. Well, it's a brand new show. It's only been on, the, uh, on uh, streaming for a month, so the things are going to happen on brand new shows. It's just how it is, especially yeah. when you use, you use the... Uh, well, a few people during the day use that board, so that might be what it's all about. Yeah, and um, a lot of times you have to mute them on StreamYard. I think you got to mute it on there as well. You didn't have it, so. Now, unfortunately, we've tried that before. Doesn't yeah, work. They, they need to be, their mic has to be on so they can come through us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you think you got it? I think he's working on it. He's, yeah, he's working on it now. Yeah. Okay. Not a problem. Why the hell do I... See, this is what I hate, and I brought this up to Dan and Amy when I took this job. I said, there are going to be times when Rudy's going to be talking to somebody else, and I have to talk to Brittany. Let me tell it's, you it's about fair. my life and everything going on with me, <laughs> sir. Let me tell you, more me now. More me now. What is going on in your life? Um, a lot of go-go things. She's in the, oh, she's, go-go. She, she's a hardcore crawler, like real fast, and we had to... We were not, like, we were told that we had to baby-proof, but we just kind of realized to the extent. So that's what yeah. we've been doing. You just, you didn't even know, there's outlets you didn't even know existed that this little monster finds. Um, so we're currently dealing with that. See, I will see that again, and I'm, I'm very serious about this. You know, you're involved in one political party, and you hate the other one, or it's the other way around, or blah, 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 and oh, my God, everything sucks. And everything. Go spend time with a kid for a while, anywhere, I don't care, right up to 12 years old. Man, if you don't love just hanging around with a little kid, especially, like, I got, you know, Ethan right now is 15 months old. I adore that kid. It makes my, my whole life better, More, don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you, and it would benefit me if you wa- watched my kids so I can go do something. Yes, so hang. Absolutely. My child. Go, go, and Tommy hanging out. There you go. I think Rudy's back. Yeah. Chris, how you sounding, bud? Hi, guys. What's up? Better? Sounds great on my end. Excellent. Sound okay there? Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you know what it is, Rudy, you know, if it happens again? Yeah, I think we just have to, you know, you know, when they say, well, did you reboot it? It's always like the most condescending <laughs> thing, to, way to be able to, that's all we have to do is just, did you yeah. reboot it? Uh, I hate that. But yes, we just have to reboot it. Yes. When they send you to engineering school, that is like the first thing they teach you. <laughs> first like, phrase. Okay. Reboot Here's it. the deal. And we're going to teach you how to give a very elaborate explanation as to why you have to reboot it. So it really seems like it's legitimate. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the uh, Tom, you were talking about that uh, the target card on top of the snow. Love it. I love it. I got uh, word this morning from one of my tipsters that it's gone now. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Probably the Could most put- exciting thing that's happened in the Eden Prairie Mall parking lot in years, right? Hey, take it easy. Those are my stomping grounds. I'm not knocking it. I'm there all the time, too. I'm, I'm just saying. It's, you know. <laughs> it was a very exciting moment. I feel it's like not that exciting. Chris, let's meet there, and we're going to put another one up. Except okay. it looks like it would, be a, like it would be a workout to get that thing up there. 
It would okay. be comedy to see you and I try to get that up. <laughs> yes, that would be that'd be really special. There's no doubt about it. By the way, before we move on from where you're talking about Eden Prairie and all the rest of it, you've never been to Wildfire. Get off your ass and go because that is one great restaurant, man. I mean, yeah, I've been going there for years. I used to go, used to go there all the time. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think Dark Star is the one who told me about that the very first time. I said, you got to go to Wildfire, man. So we went out there. Love that place. See, Eden Prairie, your stomping grounds there, Brittany. All I ever do is promote your neighborhood. Thank you. And I've never been there, so what the oh. hell? Why haven't you told me this? We'll go. Honestly, God, I ordered the uh, the roast beef sandwich with the, the mashed potatoes, you know, and the oh, gravy and all that. Hell Yeah. They brought it out. I swear to God, it was on the hood of a car, for Christ's sake. I said, no, I wanted the big one. This thing, it was like 8,000 pounds of food. Man, it was oh, a lot. Oh, I love that. Delicious, though. Anyway, yeah, back to you guys and your trouble. I want to I ask a question. Now, this is, I'm going to ask you know, Chris, but the two of you can also respond after Chris, what you think of this. Um, how stupid do you, first of all, how bright do you have to be to get a doctor's degree in dentistry? You got to be pretty bright, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be a pretty smart sure. person, I would think. Right? Well, let me read you a headline about a dentist. Dentist searched for poisons right before his wife's death. Oh. How do you not know that you can track all that stuff? You can trace that there, Mr. Dentist. Mm-hmm. How could you be that stupid to do something like that? Yeah, book smart and like street sense are two <laughs> yeah, entirely different. different things. Yeah, that's true. You're right about that. It is completely different, isn't it? But I, I just, first of all, how bad are things? I mean, I got to believe that if Catherine someday, when she gets sick to death of me, she's going to come over and go, Tom, get out. She's not going to try to poison me and kill me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah, did, she, did this dentist know divorce is a possibility? <laughs> Yeah, get a divorce. Maybe it was too expensive for him. So mm-hmm. is this, once again, is this about money again? Mm, you think? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, affidavit Aurora <laughs> Dentist. This is Aurora, Colorado, I think. Is that where this is? Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Aurora Dentist researched undetectable poisons, purchased arsenic and cyanide. Well, you can detect those, can't you? Arsenic and cyanide? You can detect those. I mean, depends what you're mixing it in, right? Well, that's true. I suppose you got a good point there. I don't know. The last time I tried to kill my wife, what did I use? <laughs> you tried to bump her off. Can't remember. I no think I used Nutria. <laughs> yeah, I used Nutria. That's one of the ingredients. Uh, at the time of his arrest, police called the crime a heinous, complex, and calculated murder. An arrest affidavit released Monday details the alleged poisoning. So this dimwit looks for poisoning, uh, how to poison people on the Internet, and then goes and does it. How stupid are you? And he's 45 years old. Not like he's some dumbass teenager or something. I wouldn't even be shocked if he used his like company card to buy it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he probably did. Anyway, moving on. So we're back to Chris Egger, Channel 5, Eyewitness News. So what's, what's happening in the world today, Chris? Well, speaking of um, people making poor decisions, um, the uh, sure. Bloomington police had a big news conference yesterday, and I think they arrested 24. 24- Three or 24 different people for an undercover sex, uh, sex string. Why can't I say that? Sex ring. Sting. Sex sting. Oh, sting. A sting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Although it could have been a string. A, stri- a sex string. You got to pay yeah, extra exactly. for that, Chris. Yeah. Yes. So um, 
Uh, so, you know, weird things happen in mall parking lots. Back back to the Eden Prairie thing. They really do. I had a friend who was a um, police officer for city of Minnetonka for a number of years. Probably still <laughs> is. And uh, he told me that all kinds of stuff goes down in those parking lots. Oh, I bet. Like, you know, exactly what happened in Bloomington there. Sex crimes and all that. And the Bloomington police chief, I don't know, have you seen this guy? His name's Booker Hodges. He's very, he's very outspoken, which is a characteristic that not a lot of Minnesota law enforcement officials, everyone's usually pretty low key, but this uh, Booker Hodges guy in Bloomington, he's very prolific and he's, he's always, I mean, he's pretty entertaining to watch because he's, um, he's always, he's playing up like, just makes his job seem like it's the most important thing in the world Mm -hmm. and uh, makes you feel like he's on it, which is, I would want to feel that way if I lived in Bloomington, right? Uh Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Booker T. Hodges is a good friend of mine. Oh, he is? Yes, he is. I, th- I think the world of that guy. He is very good at his job. He treats everybody equally. There's no special treatment for anyone. Well, you just kind of described that yourself when you were talking about Booker. Uh, now, my daughter lives in Bloomington, so I do things like when my daughter and my son move to a city, I go see the police and go, my daughter lives over there. Keep an eye on that house for me, will you? <laughs> I do that all the time. Good on Booker. you. Booker's a great guy, really good guy. That whole department in Bloomington, tip of the cap, it's a great police force. So he was saying that the um, just because of the where where the how Bloomington's laid out and got a lot of highways going every direction and a ton of hotels, which you do think about it, like anything along 494, there's some kind of hotel there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was thinking uh, his thought is that uh, Bloomington could be kind of a hot spot, potential hot spot for human trafficking. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that was part of their announcement yesterday was trying to, you know, flex some muscles and let people know that they're not going to let that happen in Bloomington. So. Mm. Yeah, I've lived in that area for a long time, and you are right. All those hotels that are uh, along that whole corridor of 494, you know, we right. just run to, like, run of the gas station, and you'd see somebody walking through a parking lot of one of those hotels, and you're like, mm, you're not from around here, are you? Like, you could just, you could tell they gave <laughs> nice. they gave off that sort of vibe, you know? And right. I don't know. Th- this is where I, I get a little mixed emotion about it, because I don't want it in my neighborhood. I do think it's a little gross, especially for... Yeah, people just like meeting up for an hour at a motel. But there's also a side of me that's like, hey, if it's two consenting adults and there's no, you know, there's nobody in the mix, there's not like a pimp and there's somebody who's giving someone the backhand if they don't get their money. If it's two consenting adults, eh, just let her rip. Let it, you know, why do we, why should we stand in the right. way of that? You know, the, right. they always say it's the oldest profession on the planet. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I never did understand why they made that illegal. Isn't it up to you to sell yourself if you want to? Absolutely. Now, if you're selling children, that's a whole different deal. Yeah. I I think it gets into that gray area where maybe someone is selling themselves, but they're really not. And they're, you know, if somebody's behind them and Mm -hmm. or if they're. I mean, you never that that stuff usually runs a little deeper than maybe just one person as an independent contractor. But. I don't really know that much about prostitution, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> Look at him covering his bases. I want my wife to know that I know nothing about prostitution. So we, <laughs> <laughs> This makes me think, uh, during COVID, we drove uh, down to Florida, um, and we stayed in St. Louis, and, like, all the hotels were empty, right? There was nobody, you know, traveling anywhere, but 
the downtown St. Louis hotel was like super busy. And I was like, didn't really dawn on me. I'm like, wow, this is weird. I, I wouldn't expect that many people to be here. And, and we got in an elevator and there was a woman in like a full bunny suit. And then like probably in her, I don't know, uh, early twenties. And then this like 50 year old guy behind her and carrying a thing of champagne and it didn't really occur to me at that moment, but then I'm like, oh, oh, that's what's going on at this hotel. And yep. then we looked around, and it was like everybody was there doing that. And yeah, <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night, and I heard it going oh, on. I was like, oh, God. Lord. Did you stay downtown next to the Arch? Yes, right next to the arch. I had the same. I've stayed in that same hotel, and I had the same thing happen. Where I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, "What is going on next door?" Completely woke everybody up. Now, when you say bunny outfit, I'm not. I'm picturing you know Ralphie from a it Christmas was, it Story. It was like Ralphie. Oh, this is even crazier! Wow, really? For sure, it was so weird, and that's funny that that, that must be a thing that happens at that hotel, eh? Yeah, has to be. I don't know if, it, if you guys had this. We were down by the arch, and I want—I was trying to take a selfie of me and my ex-girlfriend with the arch in the background. And this guy from St. Louis walked by. He goes, "Hey, would you like for me to take your photo?" I said, "Absolutely." So I hand him my phone, and the guy takes my phone and he takes a picture of us, and then he hands my phone back and he goes, "By the way, you're in St. Louis. Don't ever give anybody your phone." And they walk away from me. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I just so yeah, that's that's very creepy. I wonder, would it be better if they just let these people do whatever they want as long as they don't involve the kids or force people into it? But see, that's the problem. I think that if we did okay it, they'd force even more people into it. Don't you think? Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I unfortunately, I think you're right because yeah. 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 Maybe. If anything, I, you know, it took so long for marijuana and THC to be able to become legal because the government right. finally figured out they can make a buck on it. And mm-hmm. Nevada did the same thing with prostitution. It might be one of these things where it's going to take 40 years from now, but eventually they're going to give the green light to every state and just go, we're going to regulate it. We're going to tax the hell out of it. We're going to make some money off of it. And I know they're trending. A big thing is decriminalizing it for the like the women in those situations because it's often you know uh, situational and left and right. And I know that's a big push. Is like, hey, let's not you know if there is somebody behind all these women in this, let's not attack the woman who is like put in this situation. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. What's the most famous street in New York City for hookers? Mm, I don't know. You don't really know? No. There's a street in New York, and I don't know if it's still in that. It's back when I lived there, but that was back in the 80s. There is a street in New York City, a very, very famous street for prostitution, and it's called Minnesota Row because all the women are from Minnesota. Oh. Huh. Oh. That's a, rather interesting. Oh, look up Minnesota Row, seriously, yeah. in, in Manhattan. It's, uh, I think it's like 42nd, something like that, 42nd in the, on the west side, some, somewhere over there. But, yeah, it's called Minnesota Row for that very reason because so many of the young, basically young or late teen girls, I guess, 
I don't know, man. Too depressing for me. That that whole thing is really depressing. Yeah, I'm not going to look that up because of my search history already is. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That's something I need to look it up. Kill my wife and then Minnesota bookers in New York. Yeah, I don't feel like that's going to be the best Google search for me. Combo, combo the poisoning your wife with the hooker row in New York. Yeah, that would not look good. You're right. All right, so I'm, you, so here I, I I'm not going to be all heavy here today. I got uh, this story. I think you guys might enjoy, or you okay. might find insane. Um, so there's an event coming up in Duluth on April 1st, and it's called "Collectively Scream at Lake Superior Until We Feel Better." Oh, I like it. <laughs> so it's happening at. Uh, Leif Erickson Park, or do you say Leif Erickson? Do you guys have an opinion uh, on From being up and around that area, I, we always said Leif, yeah. Leif, mm-hmm. okay. Leif Erickson Park. Uh, the Facebook event description reads, no hate, no judgment, no unwanted questions, just shout your heart out until it feels better. Hmm. Until what feels better? The end Apparently of winter? Apparently you scream at the lake and you, uh, you're getting all this stuff off your chest, I guess. Like What? You know, your internal rage over Minnesota winners. I love it. Yeah. That's what I do in my car every day. I I don't know that I need this. I love that you're like, oh, what weirdos. That's what I do alone in my car as the tears stream down my face. (laughs) Why did I do this? Screaming at the lake. That's weird. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Super weird. And I'm sure we'll cover it. So there you go. Oh, God. Um, Oh, you will. I'm glad to hear Look forward to an update on that on April 2nd. Um, I also caught this was interesting to me. Uh, This is not a local news story, but CNN had a story yesterday about uh, the um, happiest countries in 2023 around the world. Did you guys see that? Yep. Did you talk about it? We talked about it on the family show. I know that. uh, Uh, Finland was number one. Have any of you guys been to Finland? Uh -uh. Nope. Well, that's not very interesting yeah. for you guys, is it? No. <laughs> well, no, I will tell you this, though, that, that one of my friends when I was a kid, Roy Matson, was his family was from Finland, and they're an even more reserved Scandinavian. Or that's not really Scandinavia there. That's, Finland's not in Scandinavia. It's in, God, my son Andy knows this, but I can't remember. It's in another district. But the Finns are pretty close to the, well, New York Mills, Minnesota is full of Finlanders. You know that, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never been to Finland, but I have heard a lot of Finlander jokes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so oh, yeah. many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many. Yeah, Roy. God, I miss Roy. He rang down the curtain and joined the choir. Why are all my friends ringing down the curtain from the time I was like 15 on? Mm. Is it me? Probably, if you're the common denominator. Well, how about this? The first friend I ever lost, I think he was like 13 years old. Uh, He was drinking with his buddies and decided, because he was drunk, it would be a good time to go swim in the Mississippi River. Oh. That didn't work. What are you going to do? Anyway. I don't feel like that's ever really a great choice. Although I know people who, uh, north of the Twin Cities, they're Mm -hmm. all about it. But I don't think I'd be going in anywhere um, south. Not maybe a little further south. Yeah. I mean. Don't you think that if you jumped in the river in downtown Minneapolis, you have 
a really good chance of landing on somebody else's body? What do you think? Something. I mean, I feel like it'd be something, right? Something. Car parts. Car parts, yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Body parts. It is true. So um, what else? Uh, one other thing before I go, yes. I did want to bring this up. This is a big story this morning. Uh, there's a collision last night between a car that was going through uh, a yellow light and it ran into a Metro Transit light rail train. There were seven people hurt. Uh, I think it was five Ooh. people who were on the light rail, and um, the driver of the car was was seriously hurt as well. Have you guys seen that video yet? Uh-uh. Ooh, no. Okay, it's it's floating around. I think I put it on. It's on my Facebook page. Um, if, but it's also on the Channel Five website. It's it's all over the place this morning. It's going to raise an interesting question because the car is running a yellow light. The light rail train that hit the car is clearly going out in the intersection. Ooh. I mean, at the at the at, I don't want to say at the wrong time because nobody knows if the, if it had a bad signal or why it was that it, it went out in the intersection. Mm-hmm. But there is another light rail train on the other side of the intersection that was sitting there. So that almost makes it seem like that light rail train stopped and they had the right mm-hmm. signal mm-hmm. Either the other person made a decision to go through it um and there's a lot of blame being placed on the driver of the car for running a yellow light and so i think that this is going to be something people are going to hear a lot about today for sure and probably over the next couple of days because lots of questions about how that would happen yeah i understandably young man another brilliant report as always I'm going to go scream at the lake now. We'll see you guys later. Go Start crying and scream at the lake. You're absolutely right. Why? (laughs) Why is this happening to me? Oh, there you go. There's Gelfan telling you to shut the hell up. There you go. We shall take a break. Audrey Corsa promoting the uh, Dear Edward. And she's also in Poker Face. She's in a lot of things, as a matter of fact. Audrey Corsa, our special guest right after this, the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan. I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan. And my daughter-in-law, Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks. And Cart's grandson, Ethan, safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon Rapids north side of Highway 10 and around Lake Boulevard. Jay Buck runs the show at this Nissan store. This month at all three Nissan dealerships score 0% financing on Rogues, Altimas, and Pathfinders with up to $1,500 available loyalty cash on select models. Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to Walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. I'm due for an oil change. Maybe I'll see you there. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1,000 finance on approved credit.